Um, so I want to share some thoughts with you, but I also would love to pray for some of you this morning. Is that okay? I just feel that there's a prophetic something in the house, and there comes a moment when things break in people's lives, and I just believe it's a breaking point for some people in your lives uh, this morning. And so let's trust God for a special moment, all right? Uh, all in the next 24 minutes. And <laughs> let's see how we do with that. Let me share some thoughts with you. Let's have the first slide, Simi. Well, the next one. Next. Um, I want to talk about strength this morning for a few moments, and I'll just share some, some stuff that I've been going through. I'm just going to read it off the screen because it's easier than me putting my glasses on and looking at my Bible. So, There was strength in David, you know, shepherd, beat Goliath, all that. This is that story. Um, let, just follow the story through for a moment. I've picked out key verses here. Then the Philistine, that's Goliath, said... This day I defy the armies of Israel. He was bellowing, he was shouting out to Israel, give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Uh, shoot forward to David turning up. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine, champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance and, they, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Everybody growl. Come on. Here's a thought. There was more strength in David's soul than in all the army of Israel. There was more strength in his content as a person than in all of the armory and weaponry of Israel. An entire army stood there, and a shepherd boy, his interior thought was stronger than anything their armies could do. Who wants a soul like that? You see, you are what your soul is. It doesn't matter what you plaster around the outside, you need to find soul strength. You need to find interior strength in order to walk with God. Has anybody had a tough year? Interior strength is what is going to make us. When Zach was about three years old, um, we were driving along one day, and, and he, by this time, of course, he had his first set of teeth, and we're driving along, and, and Vicky and I are in the front, and he's in the back. I can see him in my rearview mirror. He must have been sat in the middle, and, and we, just, we were chatting about teeth, and we just happened to mention so, you know, Zach, when, when these teeth fall out, and then our, our sentence went on, and I just saw his face change. What do you mean? Well, when your teeth fall out. What do you mean? When, when your teeth fall out, you'll get new ones. My teeth are going to fall out. <laughs> you never told me my teeth were going to fall out. Would come as quite a shock if you've never been told you're going to lose all your teeth. I mean, here's a secret for you. You never knew it, but guys, we're, we're going to get a third set at about 60. Anybody? Some of <laughs> Some of you in here are like, yeah, come on, baby. A third set. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's, it's a little bit like that with, with, with life. Uh, when you get saved, no one ever tells you God's going to make you great through pain. You get saved, you sing the songs, every prayer you ask in the first year gets answered. You think it's all lovely. Jared's lovely. The church is lovely. The worship's lovely. The, the lights are oh, oh, God's so good. He loves me. Then at about 18 months in, the pain starts. And you get the same look on your face that Zach had. You, you never told me that I'll be perfected through suffering. 
And the first time it happens, I remember once being in Turkey with my brother. We were scuba diving. We were doing all the Turkey stuff. And we, we decided, after a bit, a bit, not all the Turkey stuff, if there's any naughty stuff that you're thinking of, Rob Pritchard in that corridor. <laughs> you could hear his laugh, couldn't you? He, what have you done in Turkey? <laughs> we were having a Turkish massage, and you go into this big marbled room with a round seat come table in the middle and uh, made of marble and, and so we're in there it's hot it's steamy there's me and my brother in our speedos go on ladies picture it <coughs> don't it's not good for you it's not good for your dream life honestly and so we're lying there going well we've never had a Turkish massage before <laughs> Vicky's laughing at the thought of me in speedos there is a there is a picture that we showed on our wedding day and anyway we booked this Turkish massage we're, 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 we're lying there getting all overheated already. We've only been in there two minutes. And we're like, never had a Turkish match. What's it going to be like? And then in walked the Hulk. <laughs> but it wasn't all muscle. He was just huge. Everything wobbled as he walked in. And he had a big, he had a big, big black tash. And he walked in and he looked at me. And he was, he was like five of me in size. <laughs> and he looked at me and he uttered the immortal line, is it your first time? <laughs> I looked and went, yeah. Well, he slapped me down. He grabbed my arm. He, he did stuff with cloth and soap that never should be done with cloth and soap. He was whipping me and pulling me and kneeing me. Oh, 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 oh. It was painful. I was very relaxed by the end. I'd given up. But here's the immortal line for anybody going through pain. If you don't realize that God is going to use pain, whether he sends it or not, because we know that not everything in this broken world is sent by God, but everything in this broken world is used by God. So understand that. Don't blame God for your, for your bad time that, that goes against the work of the cross. He doesn't make you sick. He doesn't put cancer on you. That's the work of the devil. But even when that goes on, he will work Christ out of you through the suffering. He'll use it all. But here's the thing, if you were going through real pain for the first time and you never thought it could get that painful, I want you to hear the words of the angel Gabriel. Is it your first time? <laughs> in other words, get used to it. Rejoice in the Lord always is a state that you achieve. Because let's be honest, the first time you read it, you go, the guy must have been on drugs. You know what I mean? Really? Always? Is he kidding me? Take joy in all things. Are you bonkers? But God is going to use pain to create in you more strength in your soul than all the armies of a scared Israel. He, he developed strength in you for life. And this is how it comes. Through suffering, he brings about character. And through, listen, through character then comes hope. You only get hope when you've been through a few nights and realize, but the morning comes. And then you go through another night, but the morning came last time. And the morning came last time. And it did stop raining. And we did stop fighting. And the pain did go. And God brought me through. You need to go through some stuff in order to grasp that through the pain, he develops strength. I want you to understand that there is strength inside you. Every one of you. And the pain you go through, it go through, even through, 
the pain you go through. The pain you go through is the search for the strength inside you. Just try the next scripture, Simi, please. Strength is a choice for everybody. Uh, let, let me read some of these to you. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. Everybody say contrary. That there's, there's, there's two dynamics going on inside of everyone in this room, and we all face the same choice every day. The flesh, my flesh, desires what is contrary to the spirit. My spirit desires broccoli, but my flesh wants pizza. <laughs> Gets me in trouble every time. Anybody? And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict. There's a conflict inside of you. So that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Listen to this. The, the acts of the flesh, see, these are the same two people. Verse 19 onwards and verse 22 onwards is the same person. We are all capable and do, let's be honest, both these things. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, you've got a choice. Is it going to be spirit or going to be flesh? But the fruit of leaning into the Spirit, leaning into the Spirit of God inside of you, the fruit of that is going to be love, not dissension and hatred and fight. It's going to be love. It's going to be joy. Who wants joy? Oh, please. Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there's no law. Those who belong to Christ have gone through this process, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, that's how you crucify the flesh. You live by the Spirit. I live by the Spirit and I keep in step with the Spirit. Now, listen, I want you to understand the Spirit is not something outside of you. There's a bubbling brook inside of you. And you choose every day what you're going to drink from, from within yourself. David chose to drink from strength. It says he strengthened himself in the Lord. He chose what well inside of himself to drink from. And you were choosing every day. And listen, what you choose to drink from will define your life. Whether you're saved or unsaved, Christian or not, I don't mind. There's wells inside of you and you have a choice to drink of the wells of God inside you. Next slide, please, Simi. I like this scripture. Listen to this. 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. Just as your soul prospers. Literally, you pull apart that word soul. It's, it's your heart. It's even this in the root of it. It's your breath. When your breath prospers, turn to the person next to you and say, please let your breath prosper. <laughs> hand, hand out a mint, someone, quick. No, listen, when, when the breath in you, if they're doing it, they're handing out mints here. Hallelujah, brother. I mean, someone would get the message. When... There's something supernatural inside of you. You're not just a supercomputer, even though your brain can be like that. There's something supernatural about you. And when your breath prospers, you will be in health and prosper. But that's a choice to breathe the breath of God instead of the stinking breath of stinking thinking. Right? The breath of our dark side. Star Wars. 
I think in, in modern management speak, they talk about good day you and bad day you. Some talk about light side you and dark side you. It's, it's, it's well known in psychology, but it's even stronger in, in spirituality with Christ. Why? Because Christ puts something in you divinely of himself. So, so the bright in you isn't just bright. It's glory bright white. It's fierce, burning bright white. It burns up all the dross. Something divine from heaven put inside of you. So I want to share with you just three little thoughts about that. You're getting something from this. I'm going to share three little thoughts about that. Then we're going to worship and pray a little, okay? Um, the next slide to me. Thank you. I want you to catch this. There are streams of perfection inside you. Two, two little verses, John 7, 37. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within then by this he meant the Spirit. So the Spirit is within you like a stream. Yes. Say that. The Spirit, the Spirit is within me, within me like a stream. Literally, it means out of your belly, your guts, your innermost being. Your, your bowels, good old language would say. Let's be King James. Out of your John 4, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water, talking about a, a physical well with water in it, as he, in his conversation with the Samaritan woman, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Now, now listen, eternal life isn't just living forever, like we might simply... It is literally the life of heaven flowing in you. Adam was dead till God breathed in him. And he came not just alive, but capital A, alive. Right? God uses again and again. He talks of living people and he says, but I will breathe on them and they will come to life. And that's living people. So just because you're walking and breathing doesn't mean you're living. But when God breathes on you, you come to life. Anybody need to come to life? I'm breathing, I'm walking, but I'm worrying and I'm tired and I'm burnt and I'm befuddled and I'm overwhelmed and I'm confused. I need to come to life, not just be alive. I need to come to life in God. And that's what the presence of God does, brings you into a place where you have authority and work miracles and have a sense of, 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 of authority over the things that are going on in your world. I'm a perfectionist. Oh dear, any, any perfectionists in the room with me? Come on, help us. Thank you. Yes, about a quarter of you were also lying by keeping your hand down. It was a very imperfect display of honesty, I have to say. I'm a perfectionist. If I go up to a, a bank uh, teller, you know, you don't do this very often these days, do you? But, and you know, I have little business cards and little pots and pens and... I have to put the pens with a little string on back in the thing and I have to straighten up the cards and, and I, I've tidied the whole place up while I'm having this conversation. And then I go, thank you. Uh, you should pay me for this, really, because it's your job. <laughs> you know, if, if I'm sat having a meal with someone, I'm tidying the table up, I'm getting the menus that is, that's between us out of the way, I go and find windowsills to put things on. I, it's, a, <clears throat> it's a bit of a control issue. Anybody uh, nudge, nudge, nudge your perfectionist partner and go, he's talking about you. Because we, we, we want, I, 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 I kind of, I don't know where it comes from, but something in me thinks life should be perfect. Has anybody discovered it's not? <laughs> Blumenack. The kids won't do what you tell them to do. Neither will the parents. <laughs> Your body won't do what you tell it to do. Your mind goes a bit fluffy. Your work goes to pot. Your finances won't behave. Even your car flipping out won't do what it's told to do. Anybody ever had those kind of weeks when you just, in the end, you laugh going, well, well what else can go wrong today? 
as, as the washing machine explodes and water goes all over the floor. Or you find another leak. Anybody? Anybody have that time? And the imperfection of it all winds me up. Because <laughs> I think being a Christian, life should be perfect, aren't it? Yeah. Anybody agree with me? Yeah. And it really stresses me out when it's not. All your employees won't do exactly what they're told and all, everybody in a nice little row and smiley and nice. <laughs> so I was talking to God about my perfection issues and my little OCD issues that, you know, chairs should always be in straight lines and stuff like that, which none of this bothers God at all. We do go on a merry little idolatrous trip sometimes with the whole excellence thing. I know I, I, I believe in it, sort of. But life is like a garden. It's, it's alive. You tend it, but you don't really control it. You tend it. Now, I'm talking to God about my perfection issues and why some of us are hardwired for perfection. And God just led me on a little journey and said, listen, listen, listen. You're in a broken world. You are not going to find perfection in your broken world. You put your hand out to things outside of you, you're going to find all of those pillars and crutches move and they shake and they won't behave themselves and they shift around. But he spoke to me about the well of the presence of God inside of me. And he said, Jared, if you, if you want to taste perfection, this is why, because you're wired for heaven. And he said, just stop expecting perfection to be how your computer works or how your car drives or how your kids behave or even your wife behaves. She does. <laughs> She's perfect before any of you do that. She's a little bit of heaven in my world, baby. Wow. Sorry, I'll get beaten up for that, but I enjoy it. Don't worry. And he, he, he got me in one of my, my moments to pray, and he just said, drink of the well of the presence inside of you. And I went, God, that's perfect. And he said, that's probably the only perfection you're going to find in this world is the perfection of my presence. Now, you're supposed to come into my presence and let the presence bubble up within you and take handfuls of it into your world so sick bodies become well and finances get sorted and kids become better and relationships get established. Yes, you're supposed to bring handfuls of heaven, but Jared, it's never going to be perfect all around you. You need to go to learn to drink of the perfect river of his presence that's inside you. Listen to me. It's not falling out the sky. God is inside you. If you've been filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit, there's a well inside you attached to the very throne of God, and you need to go drink from that well. And this is why you need to shut the door like Jesus said. Go out, Father, who art in heaven. In other words, start connecting with heaven and taste a little bit of perfection because you're about to open the front door of your life and head out into an imperfect world that if you're not touched by heaven, for many of us, it will wind you up because it's full of imperfection. But if you come from somewhere perfect, you can bring little handfuls of perfection into your world. And you need to let your worry and your stress go in the presence of God. King David said he was thinking about the imperfectness of the world and, the, and how unjust it all was. And he said, it was oppressive to me until I entered your sanctuary. There's something perfect in the sanctuary of God that calms your fears and your worries and your anxieties. Learn there's a bit inside of you that's perfect. Listen, go to that river and drink. 
If, if you drink once every Sunday, you're going to live a dry life. Yeah. Go drink of perfection. So I'm just going to pause a minute. I'm going to meditate on a psalm or two, verses like, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Yeah. <sighs> There's a stream of perfection within you. Warning for all the OCD people like me, you won't find it outside of you. God is perfect. Who knows that very little else is. Amen. Another thought. What's the next slide, please, Simi? There are words of power within you. Catch this, John 15, remain in me I, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. We know these scriptures. It's Jesus talking. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. In other words, the sap of heaven is supposed to pour into your soul. We've gone from wells to vines, but you can see the similarity. What the water is from the well, that the sap is from the vine, bringing you life. I am the vine, Jesus said. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I live in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Anybody ever felt withery lately? Get back in the vine. Drying up. Listen, the first sign is that worship bores you. That's my first sign of withering. What do you do about that? Feel guilty? No. Shame has very little use. Throw away shame and get back to just turning to God. Say, God, sorry, I've, 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 I've not attended the vine. I come back to the vine. Ooh. And immediately you feel the sap of heaven and you go, ooh. Hang on. There's two worlds in me, contrary. One like shame and guilt and misery and gets bored in worship. The other only takes a little prayer to go, oh God, I love you. Listen, and here's the spirit of it. You've got you you to speak with faith and confidence. Anybody know what I mean? It says, with joy, you'll draw water from the wells of salvation. You've got to use a bucket called joy. What are you going to use to get water out of the wells of salvation? Joy. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Sometimes you've got to put on joy. Be strong, right? There are, if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and with us such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. See, if the sap is flowing into your life, the words of God will be flowing. If you remain in me and my words, that, well, it's the rhema word. It literally means the utterances of heaven from the lips of God. If the utterances, the utter, hard to say, if the utterances of heaven are bubbling up in your life, listen, there are words of power beginning to flow in you. If you want to begin to walk in authority, you've got to begin to hear the words of God's power. There's always two conversations inside you, probably more actually, right? Choose God's voice. Well, what's that like? Well, see, there's, there's, there's a real miserable you that's a stinking, filthy sinner. Then there's religious you that still wants you to feel like a filthy, miserable sinner. Then there's, you're saved by grace. His grace is enough for you. His, his, he, he is good. His, he, is, he, he, he is love. And I can't remember the verse now. I'm flying by the seat of my pants. Move on. Remain in me and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. There are words of power. He is good and his love endures forever. That's the verse. Now, when that bubbles up inside you, you're sitting there looking at a bill and you've got all sorts of conversations inside of you. 
Now, are you going to live within his means or yours? Is he your provider or is your employer your provider? Have you yet proved that he's your supplier, not your employer? So you look at a bill, you've got a choice. Pitiful you goes, we can't afford it. What are we going to do? I don't know where the money will come from. Oh, no. Look, at, look, there's a posture of your fleshly, wimpy self. Think of words like pity. Steve, I just I want to get in a corner and rock. Life's a bit tough. There's another bit in you. If you can learn to access this, there's contrary. There's another side of you, and you even just doing this. Hang on a minute. It's this attitude. He's my provider. What a great opportunity to prove that he's my provider. Now, now you go, well, that's because of who you are. No, that was a choice. Yeah. I'll tell you why I know, because I can go from one to the other about 10 times in a day. <laughs> I've decided I prefer this one. I prefer bright side Jared, faith-filled Jared, hope-filled Jared. I'm going to trust him, and I just keep saying it till my thoughts shut up. I choose the words of power within me. They're in there. What does he say? He will provide for me. He will supply me. Yeah. And it's just a choice. Yeah. You went, no, surely it's because you see angels. Oh. Oh. And you, you know Greek and Hebrew. No. 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 Ask Vicky. I can be as miserable as anyone. But it's really boring. Yeah, pity wears off quickly, doesn't it? There's something about changing your posture. Go to the last slide, please, Simi. Thank you. There's a place of power and strength in you. Let me read this verse and we'll carry on. Mark 11, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, listen to this proviso, and does not doubt in their heart. The word doubt, and we go on to see that if you speak, but believe that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, it will be yours. And does not doubt in their heart. The word doubt there means withdraw. How often do we face things and withdraw? I've said this before. You were born with a lean in. When you, when, when you arrived on this planet, as soon as you could articulate it, you thought, I could be anything. I could be an astronaut. Anything. I'm going to be a footballer. How many, how many eight-year-old footballers are there? Come on, right? They're all like... I'm going to make you loads of money, Dad. I'm like, go on, go for it. <laughs> Do anything. And then life happens. And if we don't respond to the pain properly, we end up in a lean back. And we withdraw. The thing is, there is no power in pitiful withdrawing. There is now, listen, I know there's times when everything is just crushing on you and you need to sit down for a while and just be kind to yourself. You even need to let your mind have a good old worry, then pick it up and put it right again. Because that kind of stuff happens, right? Life is really tough. But at some point in the journey, you have to pick yourself back up. And you need to go, right, I'm finding my strong posture. Darren, is Darren Sims in the room? Are you in, are you, is he? He's just going to, all right. Darren, he, he's not in the room. Perfect. Darren and I play squash. I win all the time. I have to say, <laughs> pretty useless. I mean, he's big, he's big, you know, no problem. I mean, I might be 46, but I whipped the guy, and he used to play for the county. 
got it. Now, he didn't play the same game for the county, but, it, but I put those two together, and it works really well. He's... You know, and I played squash since I was, I don't know, about 14 years old, and, and I, would, I, would, I would always have a bit of a limp wrist with squash. Now, there's any real squash specialist here. And I just relax my wrist when playing squash. Don't worry, darling. And <laughs> I'd flick my wrist everywhere, and I had a very relaxed wrist. And, and then, you know, when I, I picked squash up probably again in my, in my 30s, and I carried on with this kind of limp-wristed thing. Hiya, <laughs> Darren, how you doing, mate? I'm just saying, I'm just saying how good at squash you are. When I, when I, God, he's taught me everything I know. <laughs> and I realized a little thing, same me, but I had to toughen up my wrist and get strong. Stop playing like this and, and learn to hold with not too much strength, because you'll end up with, what do you call it, when all your muscles seize up, cramp. But you, you've got to have just enough strength to shoot with power. Yeah. Don't just flick it like, you know... It's, Badminton, what a wimpy game, you know, just flick it. <laughs> but hold it with not too much strength, but the right amount of strength. Life's like that. You've got to learn to apply. And, and listen, the joy of life is learning, oh, too much. Oh, too, I'm wearing myself out. I'm, I'm getting stressed about strength now. Not too little, pitiful. Lean back. Just the right amount to go, no, I was, I'm, I'm born of God. He that is in me is greater than he that's in the world. I have an anointing from the Holy One, and no one needs to teach me. There's something in me. That, that, that isn't isolationist. It's saying, you have everything you need in your house. Get on with it. Stand up and be strong. He's made you more than a conqueror. You've got to apply just the right amount of strength to your soul and say, come on, stand up. Don't try and be Reinhard on day two, but I'm going to be the best me. And I choose to step away from pitiful me and to step into the strong side that is within me. It's there. Now, sometimes you've got to uncover the well. Yeah. One of the patriarchs, they opened the wells, dug them out, and they, they had to get things out because the enemy had put stuff in the well, so there wasn't life flowing. And usually what the enemy put in was dead animals. Dead stuff that doesn't work anymore fills your well. Rocks. Hard areas in our hearts. You know when we defend ourselves so we become hard? Listen, if you become numb in one area of life, it usually affects all the other areas. You were made to be soft-hearted. So don't become hard as a way to get through life. Apply the right amount of strength, not too much. Also, they've filled the wells in with just muck. Just the dust of life comes and fills the wells in you. Maybe some of you have got to dig them out today and go, no, I've got to find the life. I've got to breathe again. I've got to feel there's a, there is a side of me that's strong. And I refuse to end up in a pitiful posture because of painful things going on in my life. I realize God is going to use this to make me strong. Even Jesus, the Bible said, became strong. It's something you have to become. You're not born it. Don't feel bad because you're not born it. Don't feel bad because you're not perfect at 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60. All your life you are becoming strong and learning to apply the right amount of strength. Understand God is in you. Project this week. Go find him. Stop listening to miserable you, down you, anxious you, fleshly you, prayerless you, lazy you, fearful you. 
this God in you. Amplify his voice. Come magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Find the strength of heaven that's within you. And realize, I was strong enough. Listen, if you're facing it, you're strong enough to beat it. That's the guarantee. Because he won't place anything on you that you can't get away from or get through or get over. If you're facing it, you're strong enough to beat it. And listen, what you thought was going to destroy you is going to make you. It's going to make you. It's going to make you. That's why we go through stuff. Is it your first time? (laughs) The first time is the worst time. When you're working it all out, everything's gone wrong. I'm still weak. I'm still a mess. I thought I'd be further on than this by now. I feel ashamed of myself. I feel down. I feel pitiful. Now, now is the chance when your flesh is so obvious, when the dark is so pitch black, is the time when you should be able to see the pinprick of light of the Spirit of God in you and go, right, I'm going to sow to the Spirit and I'm going to reap from the Spirit and I'm going to become like Christ. Amen.